Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Wow. Wow, what a great episode we have lined up tonight. I mean, the topic, the vulnerable man. I think that topic right there, you probably want to listen to this episode again later because this is going to get jam-packed. But before we get started, I want to talk to to men, I mean, the vulnerable man. Well, and and the women, too. And I want to ask you the question, what's your metric? What metric or unit of measurement do you use to measure your vulnerability? What metric, what kind of a measurement, how do you tell if you're really, truly being vulnerable? And the reason I ask this is reality TV. <laughs> All right, I admit it, reality TV, but the um, the thing that reality TV did is it demonstrated to us in many, many show formats the life of a person, typically the reality um, episode, follows, here's here's the person that's going to participate on our show, and here's what their life looks like. And then they come on the reality TV show, and they're put in an environment, in a, a situation where nothing works. None of, their own, none of their old metrics works. It's a completely different dynamic, and that's the whole point of the reality show. How well can you adapt? To a curveball, and so when we look at the the notion of vulnerable, being vulnerable, I promise you, <laughs> I've been fascinated with the human demeanor for decades. I remember being 16 years old, driving over an hour to the international airport, and watching people because I was fascinated at why do people choose what they choose. What motivates us to make the choices that we make? And uh, when we talk about being vulnerable, the participants in these reality shows felt quite confident in the environment they had created for themselves, in their house, in their job, in their narrative. It was their life, and they felt very comfortable and had you asked them, um, are you very, uh, what's your skill set with being vulnerable? <laughs> I got life covered. And then they enter the show, and here comes some curveballs, and you'll see anger flare up or some con- some um, reaction trying to c- control the situation. Or perhaps total avoidance. Just shut up. I've had enough, right? Just surrender. When we push ourselves against our vulnerability, it can stir up our emotions. And so our emotional skill set would be a very close metric to our ability to be vulnerable, to really be a powerfully vulnerable man or woman in a relationship is to own, own your feelings. So however you're feeling, period, end of story, that's coming from inside of you. So it's not your spouse's responsibility. They might be the trigger, but how you're feeling, they never have dominion there because feelings are an inside job. I'm digressing. I think we should get to it because our guest tonight, Thomas Anderson, brings some great material The topic of the show tonight is the name of his book, The Vulnerable Man, Reclaim Your Life, Master Your Emotions, Break Your Patterns. That's the name of the book. Now, to be up front, this was recorded earlier because 
Thomas lives in Sweden, and I live in Denver, Colorado, and the time zones made tonight out of the question to be live. Well, we could have done it, but one of us would be tired. Um, but but think about your own life. Think about how do you handle being vulnerable? What, what's your – do you have a go-to reaction? Do you have a go-to um, reaction that, that quells or stops the progression of the vulnerability? So you maybe you squelch or you avoid, and that makes you feel safe. Well, that's not being vulnerable. That's being <laughs> the opposite. Let's get to it. Um, you're going to like this interview. Again, the topic tonight is the vulnerable man. Reclaim your life. Master your master your emotions. Break your patterns. Thomas Anderson is a, is a Swedish entrepreneur, a change manager, inspirational speaker, and life coach. He's the author of The Vulnerable Man, Break Your Patterns, Master Your Emotions, Reclaim Your Life, which was inspired by his own struggle to reconcile his everyday life and the emotional turmoil he was experiencing. Despite having a successful career and a comfortable life, something was missing. Anderson was trapped in an emotional prison of self-doubt, stress, anxiety, and endless feelings of worthlessness. He was effective at being there for everyone else, but he was plagued by digital stress, unable to set appropriate boundaries. He didn't know how to be there for himself, and he was on the brink of burnout. Now Anderson tells the story of his own life crisis and struggle with burnout to ensure that others might learn or relearn how to listen to their inner voice and how to handle their emotions in an overwhelming world. I'm going to roll the episode now. Enjoy. It, it was a wonderful interview. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thank you. First off, what a what a wonderful book. Um, it's a delight to look at. It's it's got a a very easy flow to it, and yet the message is so powerful. What what brought you to to write a book like this? I mean, bring us up to to how your life evolved to the point of wanting to write a book. Yeah, no, it, well, it's it's horrible. First of all, when I was sort of at my low point myself uh, in, in yeah, about six years ago, feeling stuck and you know working working hard and you know in a way having everything, a good career, I have my family and the house and I don't know, I was doing things I always wanted to do and I like doing things, but I wasn't feeling well at that time, and that sort of well led me into a journey and I realized that. I was not used to sort of putting words in my emotions and uh, I did some changes in my life. I got in contact with the, being a highly sensitive person and I just it changed my life so much going to therapy and I understood I've been holding so many things within for such a long time. I didn't know how to sort of put words on my emotions or feelings. I, it was like one part of me that had been, I had not I've not maybe not admitted it to myself or like this is this is not a part that I should show. This is something wrong. So I just see so that I sort of hindered myself for such a long time. Like this Thomas part of Thomas you should not show. And then be able to talk about things again, it was such a, a, a revolution and change for me. And that start went to I, I met like I went to different kind of um, like yoga retreats and, and uh we had these sharing sessions and you started to share and talk and realize 
I was not the only one with these sort of feelings and, and thoughts, and, and it just sort of made sense. All these things I've been holding in for, for such a long time. So going through this from like having like suicide thoughts, uh, feeling like what should I do, and, and not having the sort of tools, I, it was like a year years of change, and, and I got so much stronger. And then, of course, it changed me, and I was so much more open to share and, and talk about things that, uh, yeah, these emotions and feelings that came up. I was not held back anymore. And then also it came to a point then I did traveling. I was doing the pilgrimage down in Spain, uh, the El Camino, uh, Santiago de Compostela. And I was sort of into this sort of, I was then used to, this was like two years later after my sort of low point. And uh, during that time, I realized that I talked to a guy from actually from US at that time and I shared my journey and, and my story. And he was also holding it a lot, holding in a lot, lot of things. And, but when I shared my story, we talked for maybe a day or two, it also helped him to open up. And then I realized that maybe my words can help others to open up. Because I saw that my problem was that I felt so wrong and I was afraid to sort of open up and share my thoughts and feelings. And I realized maybe a lot of people feel the same. And then maybe I can help there with sharing my words. Because what I also have done is that I've written a journal for a long time. And I thought, because like the big thing, what I've seen is doing these kind of changes and going through this kind of journey. It is also to, to like work with the inner work and doing the work and, and uh, falling down and not knowing what to do. And you have those inner doubts that you might not share. But I realized I can share that with my journal. So I can share the actual journey of, of what you feel when you're at that low point and sort of the steps you can take to feel better. So that was sort of the first idea then. Uh, and then it sort of grew stronger during the, the fall. I was also part of different groups where men sat down and talked. And then I realized, hey, I mean, I'm so open to talk and share that. And they were not. And they saw such a big relief being in these kind of groups when they could share. And I say, hey, there's something that we need here, because I think that I felt that men are struggling in a way that it's not okay to talk about what you feel because it's, it's been hindered for such a long time, but it's also very needed. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to do something with this. I need to share my story and I think it can really help. Uh, so that was the starting point and sort of the reason for, for the book. Nice. Well, the... It's such a critical point when we decide to make a change, when we decide to, you know, like do something about it. I mean, many, many men all over the world know how to find the low spot in their life. But can you kind of remember or connect with the that decisive point, maybe it wasn't a particular moment, but when when you chose to to change, when you chose to seek help, no, I think it's it's also like go back maybe ten fifteen years. I've been working with sort of leadership and, and personal development. I've been sort of into that area uh, before, uh, but then at this time, then uh, I was. I had those sort of dark feelings. I was also writing a journal and I also started to see these kind of patterns that, and I thought like, what, why is this reoccurring? Like it's the same thoughts coming back and back. And it's like usually in the fall when it's dark, it's like these dark thoughts comes and it's like all this feeling of coming back of not feeling good enough. I had the feeling that people liked what I do, but not who I was. Like if I didn't do all these things, no one would actually care about me and they would just get rid of me. That was sort of my base feeling. And I could see that pattern. And then well, actually I went away for a week with a friend and uh, we started talking about it. And I said like, it's too much. I don't know what to do. And he, he told me like, Thomas, you need to play. You need to stop playing all these different kind of roles that you play at work, at home. I was like, yeah, that's true. I, I play different roles. I adapt everywhere. And then it's also it's like, you need to be you, Thomas. You need to be you. Yeah, that's true. I need to be me. And then it's like, hey, this is not, I'm not on the right path right now. This is not the right way. This is not the way I want to feel. I need to change something. And I actually remember that summer when, when we talked about this, because that made a big change that I need to do something. I didn't know what. 
but I just felt I need to to do something like this is not the way life should be. This is not the way I should feel. There is something that's and also these patterns like there, there's something that is not wrong. And that was the first step. And then another step came with sort of I just realized I need to my body needs to feel well. Like I need my body needs to recover in order to sort of take care of the mental things. That was also like something I just realized. Like I need to do more workout and be in nature and things like that. So that also made a change. Like I didn't know what to happen. I just created that space for me and said like I need to work out at least three times a week. I want to create these kind of breaks because what I did before was I always prioritized someone else. I helped um, the kids, my wife at the time, and, and work. I just like always pushed away my own things and didn't have that sort of me time or time to recover. So I decided to do that. And then another step was I went to a yoga class and I talked. It was my friend having that yoga. And it was like all this with work. And it's like, I don't know. It's just too much all the time. I don't know how to say no at work. And it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just overwhelming. And she said, well, you need to start saying no. Like these are the three things that you want to focus on, that you want to deliver with quality. If you take on too much, it will be too much. I and mean, when you will not deliver with the quality that you want. And that also just, it is like sounds so simple when you talk about it. But at that time, it was like also a big change for me to actually start saying no. Because if I took on eight or nine things, uh, I would not deliver with the quality I wanted to. And maybe the managers would come to me and say, hey, this is not good enough. Well, you know, I didn't have time. It was just too much. And they could just say, hey, why didn't you just say that? Like these simple things. But for me at that time, it was so good to hear. So I started setting these kind of boundaries. And then, then the last bit in this sort of uh, change was when I got in contact with my other friend that is running a yoga center down in Sweden. And we talked about being highly sensitive, and that made like the second, uh, like third or fourth step. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. That made a difference. So many different steps that sort of led into this change. Well, you were mentioning that um, your friend was saying you're taking on all these different roles, and yeah. and at work you felt like if you let down at all perhaps that you might not be good enough i mean men uh it, it it's almost like we we learn a facade we learn uh an act so to speak that we think will appease others perhaps where we're where we don't we don't uh really tune in to know what we want because all of our attention is on playing the game, on playing the role, on keeping that facade up. For I know for a lot of men it's really kind of a kind of a risky thing to let your guard down, to let to to even to start making changes. There's there can be a real fear of an anxiety of, well, what if, what if, and, you know, what if my spouse leaves me? What if I lose my job? How do you, how do you embrace the 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 starting of change? I mean, because uh, if you look at your life now, you've gone through the learning curve, so to speak, but. For for so many men, they don't under. They're not quite sure how to how to start making changes in their life. They they can feel really vulnerable about the the cart falling apart or the the story collapsing or their life falling apart. How do you how do you um, bring that change about? But of course, it's, it's like the change is also, of course, like a long journey. You learn sort of step by step. But I think it's all, uh, maybe the first thing for, for me was like the big thing was actually just starting talking to, to share what I felt. Just like putting it out there. Uh, because I, I thought that if I share what I think or feel, that is so wrong. This is, this is not something 
like what I felt or, or thought it was wrong. So it hindered me from stopping that because if I like talk about this, uh, people will think I'm mentally ill or uh, right. something is wrong with me. But I think that was the first step for me to say like feelings and emotions, it's not right or wrong. It's just there. And, and because I think that it's, um, <laughs> the connection there is like, it, it, it sometimes you build up this big, big problem. Like this could happen if I share, everything will be ruined. Right. But then also think so many steps ahead. So maybe balance and see, okay, I'm thinking about uh, going to a therapist. I'm thinking about talking about these, what I feel. But then you sort of build up a story, this and this and this and this and this can happen. But that's also this sort of protection that you have within from holding back because you have you think it's going to be so much worse. Right. I think that is, I don't know, it's, it's many things within. Uh, it's, it's like learning to ride a bike as well, talking about emotions and feelings. It's, it's when you're not used to it, it's really, really scary. But then when you start on the bike, it's like, oh, it was not that bad. And then you sort of learn more and more. But at first, that can be really, really scary. So, of course, like the big important step in the beginning is to find that kind of safe space to, to, to have that safe space. Okay, I'm going to be really vulnerable now. I don't know if this is going to be put correctly or whatever, but I just need to put this out there. Can you help me? Sort of in a way to create a space for it to be vulnerable where you can trust others. Yeah, it's, I know it's a bit tricky, but I think it's... Um, it's um, there's many things around it. I think you hit a big element with the safe space. I ran a men's group a while back, and we used a, a, a te- technique called a, a talking stick. It's a really very simple concept where whoever's holding the stick is the only one that can talk. And we'd, we'd pass the stick around the room, and everybody would take turns talking, and then when they were done talking, they'd pass the stick. Mm-hmm. And it it's such a simple thing. And there'd be these men that would come into the group that it seemed like their life was so intact. They they had the the nice clothes, the 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 nice car, and the stick would go around the circle a few times and then and then then they would take the stick and this whole other story would come out of them and it yep. would it would it would knock me off my block to listen to the pain yep. that these men had been carrying around and they had never felt like they could share it with anyone and it um it, it can be um such a a scary thing for them to to share, especially for the first time. So there's there's sharing with friends. There's sharing. I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is if if you go to share with your spouse who's never heard you ever ever share a feeling in your life, and you just dump it all out one night, it might not go so well. It it it's like uh, th- there's multiple places we can kind of test the water, kind of start the process of sharing. Now, um, as a highly sensitive person, would you think it would, uh, w- with such online groups and whatnot, do you think it would be advisable to look for groups that create that kind of space so people could could test drive it without consequences yeah i I think that's like a key thing that you say there to find uh people who think alike because then it's it's that's what i felt with this when i the first uh, yoga retreats it was aimed towards highly sensitive person and it was it in a way it, it was so open to talk about things because we uh, recognized ourselves within and, and then it was so easily to share and, and people were open to it and, and everyone sort of understood each other and I think that's also a key thing like to understand that like someone, some people don't want to talk about it and some people but also love to talk about it, it's, it's finding these people and probably you know which one to talk to 
And I think that's the thing to find where you can talk and like just start up to say, I would like to talk more about these things. Uh, and um, to find that, I actually have a, an, an example of, I talked about this with a, with a friend and he said actually that there were a group of friends, uh, guys that met every year, uh, like friends from university, I think it was. And he's around his 40s, 40, yeah, around 40. And he said that he, he had seen on his parents that uh, like his mother, he, she was the social one taking care of everyone and having the social network, but his dad, his dad was not having all the friends. He was like, he didn't have that social network. And he said, this is not the way I want to have life ending up like I was sitting alone. Because what he see, saw with his sort of guys when they met every week or every year was they just talked about memories from the past. Like we did this at university, we had this party and we had this, we had this and this. And when he came home, his wife asked him, ah, oh, how is he doing? And I heard that they might going through a divorce. And he's like, no, we didn't talk about that. And then I realized, well, if we want to build something for the long term, we need to also talk about things that are going on right now. So what they did was that he talked about it, say, hey, I see a risk here that we just talk old memories. I want to talk about things that happens now so we can stay friends for a longer time, that it's sort of, it's going to be more relevant because talking about things that happened 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, it's, going to, it's not going to be fun anymore. So they talked about it and, and people talked about their opinion of how should, we, how should we sort of set this up and things like that. But they really changed their yearly event because they became closer. They talked more about things going on. They shared about problems at work and with the relationships. And he was really happy about that change. Uh, and I think about that story is that maybe setting something out there and also talk about how should we talk about it and who wants to be part of it and how should we set it up. I think that's the way also creating this safe space of, instead of just sort of pushing everything out there and say, I want to talk about it but maybe people also don't want to listen. So it's creating that space and talk about how you want to talk, I think. Well, when we go to start sharing and talking and opening up, this can bump us up against emotions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and for, you know, it's, it's a curious thing. I've been, uh, I had a, what woke me up was a, a very unexpected, very intense emotional event 25 years ago. And fast forward to today, what I wish I knew then was when we have problems with emotions, a lot of times, actually most of the time, it's not about the emotions themselves. It's about the habits that our egos have where we drop into a reaction, a patterned reaction whenever we feel a particular emotion. And that, that reactive pattern has nothing to do with the emotion itself. So when we go to start to share, we can have these, these um, established, perhaps dysfunctional patterns of avoidance of if I show my emotions, um, I might be perceived as weak or broken or something like that. How do you, how do you um, heal or or open up or begin to allow emotions to come up and out of you, especially when you're talking and sharing with others? Well, when we did this, um, like as, as also you said, like sharing sort of when you talk about emotions, um, I think it's, it's in, in some ways, it's actually when you talk about it, it could also that you allow that sort of push down emotion to actually come up that has been maybe pushed down for 15 or 20 years. Because if we don't allow us to feel, we, we push it down and it's still within us. But when we talk and we share and we have that sort of safe space, we're actually allowing the body to release that push down emotion. So it could be that you cry or, or scream or whatever, but it's, it's actually allowing that wave to come out. And that's also, I think it's a learning process to allow your body to, to react. 
because as you say also it can be that we tr are triggered uh, by something today that maybe happened and you sort of have a reaction that's based like something happened 15 or 20 years ago like i see so many of my memories were based in from the high school and junior high when things happened and sort of made me scared of different things and reactions that i then see in my adult life that i do i have the same reaction but it's not like the situation is not the same anymore but my reaction is still back to sort of that kid from 13 but so, so it's like it's many steps in the healing process, I guess, but it, it's allowing your body to release those emotions and, and maybe increase your understanding. Because we talk about like first talk, start talking about emotions and feelings can be very, very scary in the first place. So then you can think, but what am I afraid of? What is the big fear? Where is it from? And then when you then you might understand that, well, the fear of talking is not really true. It's a protection that I have. Maybe something happened before that you got bullied or teased or something happened that or Maybe it's not okay just to share because that you would be considered weak. And then it's not maybe not true today anymore. So there's so many things that sort of locks us in uh, based on emotions, memories, social setups, being a man. So it's a big spider web in a way. Um, so it's taking these sort of step by step and in a way letting your body to process the emotions in the time they come. Because there also, you cannot do something right or wrong. It's just sort of what is what is your body ready to process or release and then allowing that uh, emotion to pass. So, so at this point um, in your life where you're not holding back your emotions, where you've got a, a more healthy, more in the moment, more dynamic relationship with emotions, what would you say to to the the men that are are nervous about what's on the other side? I mean, how has opening up to your emotions changed your life? Oh, many, many, many things, of course. Uh, I feel much calmer, more happier, uh, deeper connection with with friends. Uh, I'm much more content and I think I can balance things in a different way. I I take the time that I need. Uh, like all that, I think that worry that I had, you know, that sort of inner vo voice all the time, like, is this enough? Is this good enough? What do people think? That sort of inner voice that always sort of held me back or like that took a lot of energy. That's, it's not there anymore. So I'm more calm within and, and taking the steps I need and then I realize things will happen and it will trigger emotions and feelings and, and reactions around us because we're human, we're living in a, in a world with other people. So things will happen, but I'm not responsible for the emotions. I'm sort of disconnected from the feelings and just seeing it as being a part of the world and in nature or all these things and, and not taking all these emotions and, and reactions as my own. I'm not sort of being egoistic of all the emotions that it's due to me. I'm the reason for all everything around me. So I think that is the biggest thing. I'm, I'm much calmer. Of course, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I do different things. I wrote a book. I work as a change manager. I work with different companies. And I'm much calmer in it. And I, I process the information. And uh, yeah, I think I'm just calmer and happier. Maybe a long author, but <laughs> that's what I... <laughs> Well, um, when when we're in a relationship with a significant other, and and the the tempo or the quote normal unquote has to has been to um, keep it all in and and not really get emotional, it can be kind of intimidating for the partner when when one of the part when the other partner starts displaying emotions it's it it's like um if if neither side of the relationship has really allowed themselves to be emotional and then and then one of them starts up it can be just like we can be intimidated with our own emotions once we decide to actually let them out did you have any responses from your significant others your close friends etc when you when you started showing your emotions 
Yeah, I think it was. I think many, many, of course, I, because because also of course I wrote a book about it and and opened up in that way. That was a bit scary, but of course it's it's different and maybe it's also me. I've been used with sort of this personal development and and doing these leadership courses and at that time as well you change a lot and you you sort of evolve as a person and and. course it's but in a way I, I know it might be different but it's also I see I see it also as as things evolve we are not the same person that we are five years ago or 10 years ago and 15 years ago we we always evolve and I think it's also allowing ourselves with a significant other to 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 grow together to to change and we might be in different processes within change as well but we, if we don't allow ourselves to grow then we will probably grow apart eventually right i think that like i got i got we divorced the the wife uh, i was married to because i i realized that what i saw that is like i was holding things back and i didn't talk about some things and i think that in a, then in the end i think we have sort of moved away too far I, I think i realized my things too late so we had like the emotions or the feelings between us were lost since i held back so i think it's it's that could also be the problem of not sharing and talking. Uh, right. So I think it, in a way, so allowing ourselves to grow and, and evolve and, and having that space and also allow people as also to, to grow in different uh, speeds as well, that we might change in different ways and, and growing together. Well, I know sometimes in relationships, um, <laughs> there's, there's a phrase I hear when, when couples are first getting together and maybe they're engaged to be married and they say the sentence, oh, they make me feel so happy and I want to mm. run to the nearest wall and bang my head on it because how somebody feels is an inside job. Our feelings come from inside of us and to put somebody else responsible for a mechanism that's inside of us is is long-term fool's play. If if somebody's responsible for my happiness, they're automatically responsible for my sadness too. And so so when you open up with a spouse and they show emotions, so often men can be in this role of, I have to fix this. I have yeah. to fix their problem. And and the good news is, now, your spouse might not understand this and still hold you, quote, accountable, unquote, for something that's happening inside of them. But when they show emotions, it's not for you to fix it's for you to listen and just hold the space you don't have to fix it and a lot of times what can be intimidating for men is well well damn if i start if i start sharing emotions she'll go off the deep end with emotions and then what am i supposed to do mm, listen <laughs> just listen and yeah. and give her the space to to lose it and go emotionally anywhere she needs to go, she'll gather herself back up eventually and 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 to not feel like because with men it's such a a gut instinct to fix whatever quote problems unquote they're sharing yeah no I agree it's it's um i i think it's i think this is maybe one of the Maybe one of the key problems for men, it, it, since we haven't learned to handle emotions, maybe it's been pushed away, and now it, it cripples us because we make it also maybe too big. And as you say, we, we try to solve the emotions instead of allowing them to take place and just letting out there and, and trust that, that the other one, the other person can actually be on their own journey. You, you just need to create that kind of space. So I think there, there's so many things there. And also I think, to allow men to to also allow that and, and maybe see that men we are many of us on a different stage on on expressing our emotions because it also puts pressure on you 
if you then, for example, then if the women put pressure on, on the men to talk, if you have never practiced and never learned, you can be cornered as well. Because you have never learned that then you can create an, an, an other kind of emotions or anger or, or, or stress that is not good. To also see that we are on different phases here. And also as a man to understand that, okay, this is quite new. I need to learn to ride a bike as, a, as, a, as an adult. It will be a struggle for me because I've never learned it. Because it's, it's a matter of practice in a way to, to, to express the emotions and not be held back by them and, and see them as more scary than they are. But since we haven't practiced it, 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 it is difficult, maybe more difficult than it should be. So it's an interesting, very interesting area and subject and very important to, to talk about, I think. Right. Well, I'm holding your book in my hands and I, I, I love the cover. It's, 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 a, it's a delightful book. The Vulnerable Man, Reclaim Your Life, Master Your Emotions, Break your patterns. So break your patterns. What what are these patterns, and and um, how is the vulnerable man the vehicle of of breaking patterns? I think it, it, it's it's hard to break patterns because you, we are doing routines, we're doing things the same way we always done because we save energy as humans in a way. So doing something new is actually going into a different road or path or taking a new door and, and doing something different. It's You don't know where you're going. So that is breaking a pattern, but also being vulnerable because you don't really know where it will go. And you might think, will I fail? Or what will people think? Uh, what happens if I share this emotion? So it's, it's a lot of fear of doing something new. And many people want to push you back to say, no, you're always been like this. You should not change. So just breaking patterns and doing something new can be vulnerable for very different perspectives. Yeah, that I guess that's the vulnerable part. It's uh, if I make a change, if I make a change, my life will be different. And yeah. and in in that change, there's a vulnerability of what. What will the difference be? Uh, and and that can be like handcuffs. I mean, to change is change can be a really scary thing. How do we how do we get comfortable with like letting down our guard and and letting that vulnerable part of us, that sensitive part of us, kind of come up to the surface and and in that rawness be exposed. Yeah, it, it's. I think one thing to to begin with, it, it's also like breaking your patterns and understand your reactions, your emotions, and what what is the fear really about, and and put it in perspective. Because usually the fears are much bigger in your head than it actually is. So just see what what it is about, and 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 just trying to understand those kind of fears and and feelings, the different situations, and roll it down. Like okay, I'm gonna ask this uh, girl for a she if she wants to go for a date for example it's a simple example of course that is also an emotion you're putting yourself out there what happens if she says no and, and it could be a lot of feelings about it or, or what would they think about me is it uh, is it good enough or they can just imagine how many things that can go within your head just asking that sort of simple question in one way and then if you sort of take away all the fears and say okay is it really true but if that person reacts in a very strange way, maybe that's an answer in itself, that that's not the person I want to be with if they react very strangely or say that you're stupid, that you ask or something like that. So there, yeah, that's true. So maybe if you sort of look at what your reactions would be like and sort of push these feelings and understand your patterns, then you can see, hey, am I fooling myself? Am I having handcuffs in my life? So I think that is a big thing. I think, if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> earlier in the conversation, your friend had talked about you had all these different roles, and yeah. and each role was regarding different environments at home, at work, and whatnot. 
when when we have a facade up, when we have when we when we're trying to appease others, when we're trying to quote behave unquote correctly so people find us in good favor, how do we how do we find who we are? I mean, because so, we're just talking about change, and I and I think what can really help that is to to grow your sense of self. Now, Thomas, I imagine that at this point, after these years and writing the, the book and whatnot, your your sense of self, who you are what you prefer how you feel is kind of a uh everyday kind of place where you live and and once you find that and then know that how other people feel doesn't have the same weight doesn't have the same impact on you because you know who you are how do how do we discover if if we've been putting up a facade and and playing out a, a role that we think we need to play out, how do we get around to discover who we are, what we prefer, how we feel? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a learning process as well, and it's it's also a question of when are you done, and maybe it's a good question as well. But I think it's also maybe also that being a vulnerable part, vulnerable part as well is is, is trying and, and testing yourself and and what you like and what you don't like to be on that journey and living life. I think that is maybe the key thing to actually to try to test uh, to be out there and and doing the things that you want to test. It's also being you as well. It is it's it's trying out your life or whatever <laughs> i don't know if that's a good yeah, word, but oh, yeah i think it's i think that is the thing like i i sometimes look back was my bad, life bad before no it was different and maybe i got stuck in a few years i've done so many things but now i'm a different place i've been I'm, I, i've learned more and i think it's a growth process the whole time like from we're young we, we are always challenged to do things we go to school and we we learn more and we are challenged by our parents to do the new things we go to to sports and and we do all these things but somewhere around when you're maybe out of uni or like in your 20s the only one challenges you is yourself and maybe sometimes we, we stop growing because like challenging ourselves and doing new things and learning and, and evolving we've always done that so maybe it's like knowing who you are will also change and what you like with like what you like and what you do will always also change. So it's maybe also allowing yourself to be on that path in life and not saying, oh, I'm going to be the one that is always 20 or 25 or 30 or 35. So it's um, both like losing some roles and not maybe be stuck in that as well and, and sort of also take it day by day and allow yourself just to be and maybe not controlling I think that's the thing I did a lot. Like I wanted to control. Like, this is I want people to see me like this. I had a. This is what I want people to think about me. This is like what I want them to see me. But that I don't care about anymore. Because I say if I am within me and the one I want to be, then I will attract people that enjoy me or like to be with me, and things will go the way it should go. Maybe a philosophical answer in the end, but I think that is the. No, that's fine. I mean, well, well, well share with us um, to, I mean, to reclaim your life, to 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 honor your authenticity, to honor your preferences. Like you yep. said, you're going to attract people that resonate with that. How, if you were to. In one hand, imagine yourself in the in the depths of of the struggle of your life years ago when when things were the darkest of dark, and then look at your life now how does your how does your life differ i mean what changed what does a reclaimed life look like i think for me i think the big thing like if I take it 
but there's so, so many mean learnings that have sort of gone through these sort of vulnerable things and meeting all emotions. But I think the key thing is that I have been liberating myself from the old fears that were not true. I've been living in like an emotional prison of many things that happened in my, my when I was growing up. A lot of things in my teenage years that sort of sort of boxed me like this is the way I should be. This is not, I should not do like this, like a man. And these people were bullying me. I should not do these things. So I saw those things that boxed me in, in a way. I've been living in that box for all these years. And now I have been releasing all these old uh, prison or old handcuffs or whatever you, we could call it. But I think that is the key thing. I mean, I can see that for many, many years. I didn't, understand, I didn't understand it, but those were the things holding me back, not taking that step, not talking about this, not sharing this, not taking that thing at work, not doing that trip, not so many things I didn't do. It's like, oh, no, I should not. Uh, I don't know why, but it doesn't feel good. But now I can see it was all these fears from back back home or back from the, from school. And I think that is the key thing for me, that I have released those fears. I'm not held back by old memories. And of course, I meet things all day and you sort of experience things, feelings, fears, but I process them so much quicker today. I don't hold them in. It's like, oh, I feel this. Why is this? Is it me? No, it's not my feeling. I just met this person. Oh, they were stressed. Okay, I can let it go. Or I can understand, oh, I'm doing something new now, publishing a book. Oh, that is actually a bit scary because I don't know what is going on and so on. And then I plan time to process my emotions and, and allowing space for it. So it's more of being in, in, in the flow in a different way and, and experience things, but not holding it in. I think that is sort of, for me, the key key change. Right. To, to feel the emotion in the moment and release it and move on. And, yeah, and, exactly. And, and let your, your life flow instead of trying to uh, collapse some kind of a context or some kind of a uh, template. I don't think life likes templates. <laughs> no. no. no I can see that. Like I, I, I saw it. It was so clear. Like I think also I, I talk a lot about sort of digital stress and the digital world as well, and, and the changes that has come with. Because I can saw like when the pandemic came, uh, it was for me like quite clear. Okay, I'm going to work from home. It's going to be different. What do I need to, to allow myself to process these things? Because it's going to be a time of not knowing what's going to happen, not having control, what will happen with work. It will be a lot of uncertainty. So I said, okay, let's add more workouts. So I started like working out in the morning and I added more meditation. So I just set my sort of, this is what I need to, it's not going to be the funnest time, but I, okay, what do I need to process these sort of day by day? And it was sometimes hard because I lost some work and, and you didn't know what's going to happen. But I allowed it, and I didn't. I was not holding things back. And then I met some friends uh, from from old colleagues, and and they were sort of so stuck, and it's like oh, everything was so bad. And then I just it was quite clear for me that they had not. They were sort of stuck in not knowing, and they wanted to have answers, but they could not get answers. So they were stuck in not knowing, not being in control. When will this be over? But I thought it, it's like okay, I'm just gonna let it go. It will be over when it's be over. So sort of just allowing these different patterns, and I think especially now with this connected world, we are experiencing so much more. We get impressions all over the place, and I think in a way like the digital world is like a catalyst for all our childhood traumas or fears or whatever. Everything is up to the surface right now, which is a big change for men, but also for for everyone. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting times. Oh, indeed. That's the, that's the understatement of the century. <laughs> now, uh, what I um, what I really like about your book is you've shared your your journal or diary, and and that kind of gets in your head. I mean, yep. you're you're sharing you, your head, the thoughts in your head as you're going through this this metamorphosis change. Um, that had that in and of itself had to feel a perhaps a little vulnerable to put it in print and publish it to the public. Yeah. No, it was my deepest fear. 
because, like I said, I think the, my biggest fear has been I'm, I should not share what I really think because that is not the case. But also I felt that these things had been holding me back and I thought I think other people would recognize. So I just, it just felt important for me. Right. It's like, I, I, this is really scary for me, but then I also started to process my emotions and, and, and have my tools. So I said, this is going to be a challenge, but I, it's, it's so important because I think it's needed. It needs to be published. I wrote the book like in three months. <laughs> so it was, I just needed to get it out there in a way. Uh, so I, of course, it was really scary when I sort of opened up and, and uh, like my friends, my old university friends, my family and everyone sort of started reading it and actually understood how I was been how I've been thinking. It was very, very scary, but also it was the challenge that I wanted to do as well, because like, this is me. This is the way I think. And I actually remember one friend, uh, she came to me and say, it's, it's so good to, to finally see you, Thomas. And because she said like, well, it's actually been something that it, it feels like the whole time I've known you, I, I like you, but it's also felt like you've been holding, holding back the whole life, your whole life. And he, he said like, or she as well, there was actually two persons like that talked about it to say that it's so good to see you now. Right. Well, so it was, it was like just an inner prison, like all these things I've been thinking and it's, we all think these things, so it's nothing strange, but we create these prisons for ourselves that is not true. And I think that was what is important for me to share that this, this is the way we can think. Very nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. Do you, do you have any closing thoughts you want to share with our audience? I think I think we, when we do these kind of journeys, is to be be kind to ourselves. We are all having different backgrounds, and we have different experience of these journeys, and and it's you know, to take your own path and and take it step by step and. Be kind to yourself and yeah, just take care of yourself on these kind of journeys and it's, uh, it can be rough, but it's also very relieving. Well, very nice. Well, Thomas, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. We've been talking with Thomas Anderson, the author of the book, The Vulnerable Man, Reclaim Your Life, Master your emotions, break your patterns. Well, what a great episode. I really like Thomas's story and how he found a way through the the challenge of his emotions, through the challenge of his confined life, his um his struggles to come out on the other side. I, lo I just love stories like this. Uh, I've worked with men for a long time, and a lot of men are carrying around a lot of pain and a lot of uh, challenge, a lot of difficulty. And so uh, for for me, it's always... It, it's always a pleasure to bring an episode like this that brings tools to the table, so to speak. Um, his book, The Vulnerable Man, I think would be a, a excellent tool or resource for men who know that something's got to change, know that the the way things are going now is not sustainable and, and they're not quite sure what to do. I want to thank you, the listener. You showed up for yourself. Here you are now. You've listened to this episode. Kudos to you. It's, uh, it's such a curious time we're living in now. There's so much upheaval. I suggest... The, the sense I get is many people, many people have a new uh, a new narrative, a new direction that is that is being born in their psyche. That are that, that it's like their soul has a new new direction for their life. 
for myself, I <laughs> it took it took a cosmic two by four to crack me open twenty five years ago, and um, my life now is I I'm it's just apples and oranges and. I wrote a book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, as a, as a tool to kind of listen to your soul, to teach your ego how to get out of the way, to, to tune into yourself and make the changes before the cosmic 2x4 is needed. I mean, I, I very much appreciate the Cosmic 2x4 that cracked me open, but had I been able to realize what the lessons were, I might not have needed that. And uh, what an exciting time to be alive. I think it's, uh, I think we're going to see a, a whole new dynamic in the collective consciousness, and it all begins by people getting more authentic, more tuned in, more genuine with who they are. And this episode tonight has is really been a wonderful vehicle for that. As always, such a pleasure to spend this time with you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.